This podcast was produced on Friday, February 15th at 5.06 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I am uh, surprised and disappointed and, to be honest, don't entirely understand why uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould made the decision she did. decision, of course, was the bombshell resignation of the Veterans Affairs Minister and former Attorney General of Canada. Breaking news out of Ottawa, Jody Wilson-Raybould, Veterans Affairs Minister and former Justice Minister, has resigned from the Trudeau Cabinet. This came just hours after the Prime Minister noted that Jody Wilson-Raybould's continued service should be proof enough that allegations of impropriety between his office and the former AG were false. In our system of government, of course, uh, her presence in cabinet uh, should actually speak for itself. Justin Trudeau's government has been reeling from the fallout of a Globe and Mail report alleging the Prime Minister's office had pressured Wilson-Raybould to direct the Public Prosecution's office to strike a deal with SNC-Lavalin. The Quebec engineering firm is charged with fraud and corruption, and a deferred prosecution agreement would have saved it from criminal prosecution. This is a very significant hit for the Trudeau government. And were you pressured by PMO, ma'am? The allegations reported in the story are false. The Prime Minister is denying the allegations, but offering few details. If she felt that she had received pressure, uh, it was her obligation, her responsibility to come uh, to talk to me, and she did not do that. Wilson Raybolt still hasn't spoken publicly. I don't have any But the opposition sure is saying a lot. If it wasn't obvious before, Ms. Wilson-Raybould's resignation makes it crystal clear that Justin Trudeau is trying to hide the truth. There's now an ethics probe by the Commons watchdog and a watered-down parliamentary investigation. This is a cover-up. I'm Althea Raj, and this is Follow-Up, a HuffPost Canada politics podcast. In this episode, we'll look at the fallout of Jody Wilson-Raybould's decision to quit Trudeau's cabinet. A respected Indigenous leader, her public actions suggest she believes Trudeau's promise of doing politics differently was more showboating than reality. We'll chat with HuffPost senior politics editor Ryan Maloney and sit down with the Liberal chair of the Justice Committee, Anthony Housefather. Wilson-Raybould's resignation threatens to discredit an image the Liberals have meticulously crafted for years. Her integrity is beyond question. Originally, the Prime Minister kicked my daughter in the teeth and lowered her, demoted her to an important portfolio, but one that has no power, no power to make money, and uh, really taken the voice of Aboriginal people out of the higher echelon of power. Some Indigenous leaders are also concerned, especially after Wilson-Raybould was called difficult and self-centred by unnamed Liberal sources in the media. The uh, sexist comments, the racist comments that have been uh, made by anonymous sources uh, are unacceptable and I condemn them in the strongest possible terms. Justin Trudeau's ethical lapses and his handling of this latest scandal has thrown his government into chaos. While it's been quite a week in Canadian politics, I'm now joined by my colleague Ryan Maloney, HuffPost Canada's senior politics editor. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Althea. Okay, let's break this down. What is being alleged exactly? Well, it is alleged that Jody Wilson-Raybould, when she was attorney general, 
was pressured by uh, members of the Prime Minister's office to help SNC-Lavalin avoid a criminal prosecution on bribery and corruption charges. According to the Globe and Mail, Wilson-Raybould was pressured to persuade the Director of Public Prosecutions to negotiate a remediation agreement or deferred prosecution agreement for the Quebec company. It's basically a way for the company to avoid uh, a trial but pay financial penalties for wrongdoing. And the story seems to suggest that Wilson-Raybould was shuffled to Veteran Affairs in January, which was widely seen as a demotion because she wouldn't play ball. And she seemed to suggest that something more was at play, too, when she released that public letter in January, writing that the AG must be nonpartisan, always willing to speak truth to power, and that this is how I serve through my tenure in that role. We know, obviously, that there was a lot of lobbying going on on the SNC-Lavalin file with senior people in the Trudeau uh, PMO being lobbied, people in the finance department, actually people across different departments. Uh, our ambassador through the U.S. was being lobbied by SNC-Lavalin on matters of law and justice. Is there a reason to think that something fishy was going on? Well, liberals did make room for these types of deals quietly in last year's omnibus budget bill. Uh, change, like as you said, came after intensive lobbying from SNC-Lavalin. Uh, but the remediation agreement didn't happen in this case. And of course, Trudeau has every right to promote or demote cabinet ministers as he sees fit. Uh, But some lawyers have said that if Wilson-Raybould was pressured by the PMO to effectively stop a criminal prosecution, that could amount to obstruction of justice. And the issue has certainly raised uh, the specter of political interference on the work of the attorney general in a criminal matter. Mm. The government um, has had a lot of trouble getting control over the narrative of the story. How come? Well, uh, I guess there's just too many unanswered questions at this point, which means that this problem is not going to go away quickly or quietly. Uh, When he was in Vancouver this week, Trudeau said that Wilson-Raybould confirmed a discussion that they had in the fall where he said any decision on this would be hers alone. Uh, One might wonder why that needed to be said in the first place. Obviously, there have been uh, many discussions around this government, uh, questions asked of me from uh, two different Quebec premiers, questions uh, asked of me and and, uh, representations made by the company, made by a broad range of uh, of individuals, of MPs. Uh, And there were many discussions going on, which is why uh, uh, Jody uh, uh, Wilson-Raybould asked me uh, if uh, if I was directing her or going to direct her to take a particular decision. And I, of course, said no, uh, that it was her decision to make, and I expected her to make it. And then, of course, he said that Wilson-Raybould's presence in his cabinet should speak for itself, and then she quit. She's retained a lawyer, former Supreme Court justice, to advise her on what she can and cannot speak about. And in the meantime, she's liking and retweeting posts that suggest that she's been done dirty by this government. We also had David Lametti, the new attorney general, um, say twice this week that he, well, basically, he isn't ruling out offering SNC-Lavalin a deferred prosecution agreement. Um, and as you mentioned, there are a lot of unanswered questions. We don't know why Jody Wilson-Raybould was shuffled out of justice. We don't even really know why she quit cabinet um, earlier this week. And when the PM was asked about this this week, he gave a bunch of non-answers. Did you remove her as Justice Minister because she didn't make the decision that you wanted her to make on SNC-Lavalin? Jody Wilson-Raybould and I had a conversation in September uh, in which I emphasized to her that the decision uh, on 
the decisions she makes as Attorney General, particularly in this matter, uh, are her decision and that I was not uh, directing or pressuring her. Prime Minister, can you just tell us the reasons that Mr. Ms. Wilson-Raybould gave you for why she, she decided to resign from Cabinet? Uh, do you want me to answer that question in English? Okay. Um, I'm just trying to remember. Okay. Uh, as a government, uh, we take very seriously our responsibility to grow the economy, uh, to invest in jobs, to invest in a strong future. But what reason did she give? I can tell you the reason um, we move forward uh, with the cabinet shuffle. Uh, one of the senior members of our team stepped down and we had to move things around on the team. Do you think the PM could do more to clear the air? Well, uh, this might surprise you, but I'm no expert on solicitor-to-client privilege. <laughs> but uh, as I say, he is being called to waive it. He says he's consulting with his current Attorney General, David Lametti, on that. And of course, there was a big push this week at Justice Committee for a, for a full investigation into the matter with Wilson-Raybould and some key Trudeau advisors and aides called in to testify. The Liberals uh, on that committee basically torpedoed that effort. And it's worth noting that Trudeau is being very, very careful with his words. I'm wondering if the decision to move Ms. Wilson-Raybould out of justice had anything to do with SNC-Lavalin. Um, anytime uh, one uh, makes a uh, decision to uh, shift members of cabinet, there are always uh, a wide range of factors that go into, uh, into making that decision. Uh, and indeed, there are always a broad range of factors in any type of, of decision. But as I said, if Scott Bryson had not stepped down suddenly over the Christmas break, there would not have been a cabinet shuffle uh, a number of weeks ago. And Jody Wilson-Raybould would still be Attorney General and Minister of Justice. We know that the ethics officer has launched a probe. Frankly, I'm a bit surprised uh, because I don't actually understand whose private interests are being furthered or being alleged to be furthered. But in any case, the ethics watchdog is looking into this issue. What do you make of that? Well, it was very interesting, right? Because the NDP were, were pushing for this and then they got it. it, it the, the investigation deals with a section prohibiting officials responsible for high-level decision-making from seeking to influence the decision of another person to improperly further another person's private interests. Very clear, obviously. Uh, on the one hand, liberals might be happy about this to say, look, we have an impartial watchdog that's looking into this. Let's just wait to hear what this person says. But on the other, this is another ethics investigation for this government. Um, of course, the prime minister was already found to have violated conflict of interest rules with his big Aga Khan uh, vacation on the Aga Khan's island. So now the opposition parties will again get to say in the, in the months leading to a campaign that these guys can't seem to get it right when it comes to ethics. Yeah. So we have this investigation by Mario Dion and then... The Liberals did their darn best this week to ensure that no senior official from the Prime Minister's office or Jody Wilson-Raybould would get to testify at committee, or at least that's the appearance of what they tried to do. Is it likely that that probe will get any answers? Uh, well, given that Tory MPs on the committee accused their Liberal colleagues of uh, orchestrating a cover-up and that the a Liberal MP on the committee said the whole issue amounted to a witch hunt or a fishing expedition, uh, I'm not totally convinced that a committee is going to bring us the answers that we're looking for here. How damaging do you think this controversy is for the Trudeau government? 
Well, it's hard to know for sure exactly how damaging this is, but it's certainly doing damage already in my view. Um, this is an issue that really lights up a lot of buttons for the liberals here. Uh, first, as I mentioned, it centers on how the government uh, made room for remediation agreements in an omnibus budget bill. And I'm old enough to remember when liberals promised not to do omnibus mm-hmm. bills. Uh, they said they were undemocratic, sneaking in changes on page 300-something of a 500-page bill. Uh, so here we are. Uh, this is a government that has received a lot of acclaim and a prime minister that's received acclaim and awards for for, for being feminist, uh, feminist government, feminist leaders. And he's now in the position where he's openly criticizing a very strong, capable woman who has quit his cabinet. Uh, and she's saying that she can't speak out and fight back. So it's a, a very uncomfortable situation there. And of course, Jody Wilson-Raybould is an indigenous leader, and this is a government that has said there's no more important relationship uh, than between Ottawa and indigenous peoples. And a lot of uh, indigenous leaders, including her dad, are now saying that's all baloney, that it's all for show, and that she was tossed under the bus. Uh, And of course, there is no longer an indigenous uh, voice around that cabinet table. So there's a lot here that could be very damaging to this government, especially in an election year, where the opposition is, of course... Uh, going to dial things up to, to 10. Well, we certainly will be watching. Thank you, Ryan. Your insight is always appreciated. Thank you, Althea. Ryan Maloney is HuffPost Canada's senior politics editor. We have to make sure that we are doing the right thing. Committees of the House of Commons are political theater that can occasionally achieve good studies. We don't have the tools. We don't have the budget. We don't have the mechanisms to go through the fishing expedition and the kind of witch hunt that the Conservatives would like to see. If the members across the way claim nothing that happened in the PMO, the Prime Minister's office, was improper, fine. Bring the witnesses before us, have them testify under oath to say exactly that. The story became about how Jody Wilson-Raybould was difficult to get along with and only in it for herself. And I cannot tell you that as a female leader in this country, from business and politics, that standard gendered criticisms of female leaders is absolutely unacceptable. Given all of the comments from the Conservatives over the last few days about how our committee would not support any motion, you're changing the narrative now before us, we were not going to support anything, we were not going to do it, we were not going to shed light on this, now we are, and you were saying because the PMO would drive us down. We deliberately didn't contact PMO because because you guys were saying that we were going to be driven down by them. I don't appreciate the, the political posturing that is going on here. Uh, the, uh, the hay that is being created out of nothing. This isn't making hay out of nothing. That's a mischaracterization of everything that we've seen here so far. Chair, I'd ask for a recorded vote and uh, let the record show that anyone who votes against Mr. Cullen's very reasonable uh, amendment is voting in favor of a cover-up. Okay, that, that statement is, uh, uh, is unbecoming of you, Mr. Cooper. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. That's just a snapshot of the debate that occurred Wednesday when members of the Justice Committee met to decide whether to probe the allegations of improper influence and what course that investigation might take. The Liberals, which hold a majority on the committee, hijacked the agenda, tabling a new motion that called for a very different probe than the one the opposition had envisioned. I'd like to say I was shocked, uh, but I'm not. Uh, the, the lack of the government's ability to be forward and transparent with Canadians when it comes to this fair has been consistent. I am disappointed though. I thought we had a motion on the table that would allow us to hear from the principal people involved in this entire affair and the Liberals voted against it. 
while claiming that they weren't somehow. They had an opportunity today to have the three people who have been intimately involved in this issue, who have been reported to be involved in this issue, Gerald Butts, Jody Wilson-Raybould, and Mr. Bouchard, the ones that had the most contact with SNC-Lavalin and Jody Wilson-Raybould herself, and they said no. Why push for an apparent toothless investigation? I'll ask the Liberal Chair of the Justice Committee, Anthony Housefather, in a moment. This interview was recorded on Wednesday, February 13th, after that very heated committee hearing. The first interview I've ever done in a train station. Yes, so I should apologize that um, I'm sick <laughs> and we are in a train station because you need to run to Montreal uh, and catch your train in less than an hour. Um, and so we may be interrupted with some train announcements <laughs> and also we're sitting next to coffee shops and there may be some coffee. Anyways, there's some, some nice ambiance sound. First, uh, let me, I don't want to assume, I saw you come in with the Liberal MPs and you called on Randy Boissonneau, the MP from Edmonton Centre, first. So I assume that you support the motion, but let me just ask you if you do indeed support the Liberal motion. I do. I, I mean, the motion was one that we worked on uh, together. As you know, within a caucus, there's many different views. And working with members of a committee, there's many different views. And this motion was a consensus of the Liberal members on the committee. And I was pleased that, as opposed to the narrative that has been spinning including on CBC, that this would get shut down. We didn't shut it down. We actually are doing a study on the very subject that the Conservatives had asked to do, and broader. Uh, the only difference is that we didn't agree immediately to include all the witnesses that they had asked for. Okay, b before we unpack that sure. a little bit, let me ask you why you felt it was important um, for the committee to even hear witnesses um, on this topic. So, two reasons. Um, number one, while... I, as a Canadian and a Liberal, um, have faith in the Prime Minister. I fully understand that somebody saying, just believe me because I said it, is not going to wash with lots and lots of people, and nor should it, because it's just, you, if you know somebody, right, if it's your friend, if it's somebody that you know well, you, you give them a lot more trust than the average person who doesn't really know them except through television. And when Jody Wilson-Raybould doesn't say anything to confirm the Prime Minister's comments and then resigns, um, Canadians have a lot of questions. And so I've also said that I don't think our committee is really a great venue because it's so partisan and as you saw today, everybody's trying to score political points at everyone else's expense. And it's not the best place as a vehicle to do a proper thorough investigation where you actually come to an answer in, in a dispassionate way. I was always torn between that idea and the idea that we still, somebody had to do something, somebody had to try to clarify things for Canadians, and there was no other vehicle publicly. You know, the Ethics Commissioner had done in private, you know, you don't have any knowledge of what witnesses said or didn't, you get a report. You may also know what the Ethics Commissioner rules until after the next election. Exactly, exactly. And so I thought it was only fair that, you know, even though I'm sure this didn't make me popular in some quarters, that that we actually do something. So it was interesting, I thought, Althea, today, that the narrative they had planned to use was the Liberals shut us down, the Liberals are, are you know, are, are hiding things. Uh, well, and to then be they fair to them, you did, as a group, um, vote down against the opposition amendments, two of them, and 
uh, what they really wanted, who they really wanted to hear from, Jody Wilson-Raybould. Um, they talked about Gerald Butts, the mm-hmm. Prime Minister's Principal Secretary. Um, they talked about Matthew Bouchard, mm-hmm. the lead Quebec advisor in the Prime Minister's office, the man who was basically the most lobbied person by SNC-Lavalin. That these individuals, the Liberals, decided that they did not want to call them. At least they did not want to call them at this time. We weren't ready. We came back for an emergency meeting, and Liberal members of the committee live in all parts of Canada. We had very little time together to agree on what witnesses we were or were not prepared to call. We were trying to find a consensus on the subject matter, and that's what we spent the entire morning doing. We weren't actually planning um, to decide on the list of witnesses until Tuesday because our committee normally does this in committee, in camera, and agrees on a list of witnesses. So we weren't prepared there. We weren't prepared to say yes or no. And so, yes, we punted and we said we'll deal with it on Tuesday because we don't know right now if we're prepared to call some of those witnesses. Like, I think Jody is a different case because Jody has a different, there's different issues involved because of the privilege issue and the, and, and the cabinet confidence issue. I really don't want to call a witness to committee that's going to say, I can't answer that question, it's privileged, I can't answer that question, it's privileged. I'm waiting to hear back on the Lametti thing with respect to that particular witness and the others we just really honestly hadn't had a chance yet to go through. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening and there's a lot of people who were, um, you know, watching what happened over the last week on television and reading it in the newspapers who are going to assume that, well, the reasons the Liberals didn't want to hear from Jody Wilson-Raybould today or put her on the witness list is because they don't actually really want to hear what she has to say. So what do you say to them? So it's an interesting question, right? You never want to put a witness on the stand when you don't know what they're going to say. And so that's that's a great point. It's, it's an honest point. I have been calling on her, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but I have, to, to speak. And I've even noted that I believe the government has actually, by its being answering the questions, waived privilege, at least on this narrow issue mm-hmm. of whether or not she was pressured or directed. Um, so I do want to hear from her. I, I do. I, I believe that Canadians need to. Um, because I, I think often, as you know as well, there's different people that take statements in different ways. And you can have two people in an interaction, and one thinks they're having a robust conversation, and the other thinks they're being pressured. And this is an objective standard, not a subjective one, so you really need to know the context. So what you're basically saying is it's possible that both versions of events are accurate. I think that's actually true. I think that's so often the case when it comes to politics and when it comes to law and, and normal life. You know, men and women sometimes in relationships, I know, I can hear it from my friends all the time, they both tell me the story of what happened, and it's the same facts, but entirely different perception of how everybody was acting. And so I, I think that's entirely possible. But you would like to hear from her, whether it's at this committee or in public or whatever form she chooses. Right. I mean, I think also I want to respect the form she chooses to come forward as well. I think there's a lot of respect that a lot of people have uh, for Jody Wilson-Raybould in our caucus and outside our caucus. Um, and a lot of respect we have for the Prime Minister, and, 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 I, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to suggest in any way um, that, that she's, you know, there have been suggestions in the media over the last few days um, about her, and, and I don't want to make any of those suggestions. A lot of people are trying to tie a lot of facts together, and it's going beyond what the truth is. And, and one of the examples I'll give you is the cabinet shuffle. I, while I can't speak to the specific reasons the Prime Minister made a shuffle, 
I can think of a lot of reasons that are very different than the reasons being articulated that, oh my God, he must have been mad at her about SNC-Lavalin, right? I mean, there's a lot of issues coming up in Quebec where you need a Frank-speaking minister that is able to articulate things to Quebec with the charter of values that they're planning to propose, et cetera. And, and, and that, that was an issue. And, and that was an issue expressed by Quebec members of caucus. Um, over that the last you needed few years. a stronger voice in French. That you, need, that you needed somebody who could explain certain things in Quebec. It's something that's come up at Quebec caucus before. Um, and that's just one. I mean, I, like, if she had been removed from cabinet, I, I mean, maybe there would be more, m- more people that could speculate on it, but she wasn't. She wasn't taken out of cabinet. She was shuffled, and shuffles happen all the time. Friday, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said Housefather's suggestion that Ms. Wilson-Raybould had been shuffled out of the justice portfolio because she didn't speak French was inaccurate. That uh, that uh, line of speculation is absolutely false. Uh, I uh, have all the uh, different considerations that could have uh, come into play on uh, on uh, the reason to uh, shift roles uh, in cabinet. Uh, the uh, former Attorney General's uh, proficiency in, in, uh, in uh, both official languages was not one of them. Anthony Housefather has apologized for his comments. We will pick up the rest of that conversation in a moment. Let me read the motion that the Liberals tabled because you had a little bit of a a little coup there, I think, uh, surprising your conservative colleagues by um, kind of hijacking the agenda with your own motion and then having a debate on that motion rather than on the conservatives' motion. So this is the motion that the Mr. Boissonneau tabled, which is the motion that passed unamended at committee. It's that the Justice and Human Rights Committee hold meetings to examine the remediation agreements the Shaw Cross Doctrine and discussions between the Office of the Attorney General and the gov- and government colleagues, and that witnesses list include, but not be limited to, the Minister of Justice and Attorney General David Lametti, the Deputy Minister of Justice and Deputy Attorney General Nathalie Drouin, the Clerk of the Privy Council Michael Wernick, and that the committee meet in camera on Tuesday, February 19th, 2019, at a time set by the Chair, that's you, to discuss obtaining a legal opinion on the subjudice rule, potential additional witnesses, and a timeline for the meetings. Let me just ask you plainly, you know, this is not the motion, and this nowhere comes close to the being similar to the motion that Conservatives and the NDP um, had agreed on, um, which basically talked about uh, improper influence. What in this motion makes you think that Canadians are going to have answers to the question about whether or not there was improper influence exercised on Ms. Wilson-Raybould? Absolutely. So if you read um, the last part of the first paragraph of the motion, Discussions it, between the Attorney General and government discussions officials. between the Office of the Attorney General uh, the, and, 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 and other government officials related to SNC-Lavalin. So it's very clear that the intent of our motion is the same, but we're not using the same accusatory words as the Conservatives. I mean, they want us to vote for a motion that it already implies that wrongdoing occurred. Um, we, we are looking into those facts, but not already alleging that wrongdoing occurred. But the, the committee is actually studying that very issue, the same issue they asked us to study. And we've just added, um, because we think it's important, because they're misusing facts, they're implying in a lot of their interviews that any discussions between PMO and a minister 
with respect to your prosecution are improper, and that's not the case. And Canadians really have to understand that it's when you cross that line and you go into um, direction or you go into um, pushing in a way that is not proper that you, you, you cross that line. But the normal conversations that you're going to have, she is the Minister of Justice, has to know that SNC-Lavalin is a big employer in Quebec if she doesn't already know it. She has to know how many jobs hinge on SNC-Lavalin being able to bid on government contracts. What you can't tell her is, by the way, Jody, as a result, you better darn well, you know, go do that. And that's, or you should do this because exactly, of X. Exactly. So we are going to study that issue um, in addition to educating Canadians on the facts surrounding it. So when I look at the witness list, I know it says it's not exhaustive, but if I look at the witness list right now, I can't help but think that the answers that you say you want, the answers that I'm sure many Canadians expect, will not come to light with these three people here. If you no. don't have anybody from the Prime Minister's office testifying, if you don't have Ms. Raybould herself testifying, how can you get to the question about who influenced whom and how much pressure was actually exerted upon her? I agree that those three witnesses can absolutely not be the exhaustive list, although I note that that my understanding is that Mr. Warnick was the person who actually was, had a conversation, had a conversation with her, with her um, about this issue after you know she allegedly had approached Mr. Butts and he referred her to Mr. Warnick. So we'll find out from Mr. Warnick um, that question, but I don't disagree. The problem here right now is without her story, we don't know who allegedly spoke with her, right? But and then why not just call her? Well, I, again, that'll. I, I want to make sure that the privileges she was dealt with... I may be the chairman of justice committee, but I'm not in cabinet. Mm -hmm. I don't have access to the great files of the Department of Justice on the issues of what the problems might be in the persecution of a, a prosecution of HNC, of SNC-Lavalin if we waive privilege. Like, I, I honestly don't know the answer to that. So it would be foolhardy for me with no... And there are two court. I mean, there's the actual case and then uh, SNC-Lavalin is appealing the, the, the prosecutor's... Uh, decision to not offer yeah. them this basically, in plain language, a plea bargain. Exactly. So I, I really don't want to do something that is going to compromise the court case. Maybe one day I will concur with the idea that government should waive privilege, but I don't have the facts or, or the background to be able to come to that conclusion. And I don't want to make a terrible mistake that causes the company to not be pro uh, prosecuted where it should be. If none of the players in this case are brought forward before the committee, will you be disappointed in the committee's lack of an ability to find an answer that is satisfactory to you about what exactly happened? We're not like an American committee. We have investigative powers, but we don't have investigators. American House committees have investigators. Well, Ameri analysts from the Library of Parliament. Yeah, but they're not the same, right? They, they, have, they have a whole group of lawyers that will do depositions. You know, <laughs> their, their method of investigation is, is far different than our relatively limited history of doing some limited investigations. And I think it's almost unprecedented to do an investigation of this type of the Prime Minister and the, and the Attorney General you know, well, you can request documents. We could. You can compel people to testify before you. You can force them to testify before right. you. You have the I, committees oh, I, have I, quite I, a I fair bit of power. I understand the broad powers we have. I want to make sure we try our best to get to the truth to the extent we can. You know, I'm even more disheartened in the sense that I see that whatever's going to happen, the parties at the end I don't think are going to agree. You know, the concerns of the NDP, I think, are desperate to have some kind of finding that something bad happened so they can use it as an election tool. And the Liberals on our side are obviously very driven to find an answer that nothing happened. 
I think I heard during the committee hearing um, yourself or maybe it was Mr. Boisseno suggest that you had not um, you had made an effort to not reach out to anybody in the Prime Minister's office. Absolutely did not. I can honestly tell you there was no whipping. 100% not. Um, Mark Holland did not in any way put pressure on us at all. I actually decided myself that it would be because there are potential witnesses in in the case at PMO um, and the perception of it, if I was the chair and started talking to them about what I should do in a situation like this, even though it's politically normal and people do it all the time, I didn't, I, I, I chose not to. And they chose not to contact me as well, I think with the same belief that it would be inherently problematic for them to look like they're trying to influence the committee's decision on an area where they themselves are, are involved. And so no, no, as far as I know, no communication between any member of the committee and PMO occurred, and certainly didn't with me. But you felt it was important to stand together as a group? Yes, I, and I think the Liberal committee members believe that we're already in a situation where we're two against one with the two opposition parties having the same common interests to hammer us on this. Um, while I, I like diversity of opinion, and at our committee I generally do not push all the Liberals to vote as a group because I think it's important for people to be independent and have the right to try to influence our colleagues, but if they can't, to still have the right to dissent. Um, this was a case where I think we all agreed we wanted to stand together um, you know, and agree on a motion where we bridged six people's views, and that's what it ended up being. Um, let me just end by asking you about SNC-Lavalin, because you're a Quebec MP, and this story is playing out very differently in Quebec than it is in the rest of the country. Um, are you concerned at all that the discussions, and I don't know if you... Um, would prefer to offer the company a deferred agreement, but we know the Bloc um, ha yeah. has said that that's something that they wish uh, would be done still. Mr. Lametti has not ruled it out. Um, are you concerned that this kind of public attention over um, deferred prosecution agreement will prevent the company from being able to access that? I think at this point... Um, again, the prosecution is that you know, like, so for Mr. Lametti to go now change the decision of the of the prosecutor and put in the Gazette that he's changed that, given the entire political context, I think is highly unlikely. Um, and uh, you know, honestly, I but should they have benefited from one? Again, I always try to say I wasn't on the jury, mm -hmm. I wasn't the person making the decision, I didn't have all the facts before me from an economic point of view. Of course, as a Quebec MP, as a Montreal MP, I don't want them to lose jobs. The people who were the alleged wrongdoers or the real wrongdoers who were charged and convicted, they've left the company relatively long ago. Has the culture changed? That I don't know, right? I, we, we're told that it has. We're told they're all gone. But as you know, the, t the, the, the tone is set by the top. And, and so the prosecutor may well have information that I don't have. Mm. So I can't tell her in the same way that Jody Wilson-Raybould obviously didn't tell her what they should do. Okay, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, thank you. Anthony Housefather is the MP for Mount Royal and the chair of the Justice Committee. Well, that's our show for this week. If you enjoyed this episode on iTunes, please leave us a review there. We always love hearing from you. Send us all of your comments, positive, negative, story tips, whatever. We take them all. You can reach me through Facebook or Twitter at Althea Raj. A-L-T-H-I-A-R-A-J is my handle. 
Follow-up is brought to you by myself, Ottawa politics reporter Zian Lum, and our technical producer, Stephanie Werner. Andre Lau is our executive producer. I'm Althea Raj. Thank you for listening. <laughs>